Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. Dairy Public Library's annual Dodge Book Tournament begins today as teams from all over the country gather to compete for the coveted championship. We take you live to sports correspondent Dr. John Hellijohn. Thanks, CM. The Michael Frightens found themselves in the loss world today, being eliminated from the competition early on. Those George Gorwells clearly have a big brother watching over them as they advance to the next round. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I am one of your hosts, C.M. Alexander, alongside Joshua Kahn. Hey, everybody. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, constant readers. Today, we are back with a classic dairy bonus episode. It is time for March Madness. I still don't understand it, but luckily, Josh and Ben do. (laughs) And Josh is going to explain what we're doing this year and take us through our bracket. Yeah. I did it. (laughs) You you sure did. You're getting so good at sportsing. Thanks. Uh, All right. So this year, we've decided that for our March Madness We are going to take the top 16 adaptations that we've watched and we're going to put them in the bracket in the uh, I gave them the seed order based on the chambray shirt score we gave them. And we're going to go through and decide once and for all what our favorite adaptation is. Do you think that this is really where our rating system is going to fall apart? (laughs) This is absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) It is going to instantly show the slapdash nature of how we grade things. <laughs> it was very apparent as I listened to all of our movie episodes. Uh, I have the final score sheet. Uh, would you guys like the honorable mentions of the movies that did not make the top 16? Yeah. For sure. I, I feel like I definitely have a few guesses. <laughs> the number 16 spot that is in is the lowest score of nine cumulative chambray shirts. So everything on this list is eight or below. So I'm going to start at the eights, which the eight, we have a lot of sevens. We've done Mm -hmm. a lot of sevens on the show. So the movies that did not make the top 16 are The Dead Zone, The Stand, Firestarter, Dolan's Cadillac, Salem's Lot, and Shocking No One, Apt Pupil. (laughs) The Stand? Yeah, the stand was a seven. Is that both adaptations or that or is the, the Mick 90s, Garris. the Mick Garris mm. adaptation? That seems wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have to apologize already. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so those are those are the honorable mentions that okay. didn't quite make it, which is crazy. As I just said, that Cell is yeah. at sixteen. We gave Cell a cumulative higher score. Oh, and any of those. See, the no. throw, <laughs> throw the whole system out. It, it is flawed, flawed from the beginning. <laughs> that upsets me a it's, little bit. <laughs> it's almost like our scores are arbitrary and in the moment with no yep. firm rules. Yeah, like what happened to us the day we watched this <laughs> thing together? That definitely impacts the score, it I guess. It definitely does. I, I can say, though, re-listening to those episodes, when we get to the scores, I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> so okay. 
it still makes sense to me because those scores are just different for very different reasons. Okay. So now we're going to get into our round one matchups. So let's talk about the matchups that we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to run through them real quick. We have up first, the dark half, which was our first five out of five blue chambray shirts all the way around. So Mm. dark half was our first perfect score for a movie. And like I said, going up against Cell. Then we will have The Running Man versus Dolores Claiborne, hmm. Pet Cemetery versus The Tommyknockers, and Christine versus Stand By Me. <laughs> <laughs> I posted these matchups earlier to our social media, and there are some mixed responses already as to some of these <laughs> matchups seeming more brutal than others. So let's kick things off with what I feel like is going to be the easiest one. Let's start with our first matchup. The Dark Half versus Cell. (laughs) (laughs) Every year we have this first, the the first pairing. And just, it's the format of how how brackets work. Yeah. But it always seems so unfair. (laughs) Okay, so do I understand this more than I think? It's just the highest rated (laughs) goes up against the lowest rated. And that is as unfair as it as it seems mm-hmm. the the dark half uh is fantastic just for the the bird scene at the end that's all you need <laughs> of all the scenes that's the one yeah yeah arguably where it loses you yeah <laughs> what do you guys remember most when you think about the dark half adaptation i remember the dream sequences i remember the special effects the ones that really worked well Man, George Stark stabbing himself, kicking the bottle of Jack Daniels off the table and catching it in his hand. Like the most badass moment in cinematic history. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It it's, is. It's pretty rad. <laughs> I want to learn how to do that <laughs> so badly. I don't know when I would like whip that out to show people. You can pra- you can start practicing whenever. That's true. That's <laughs> the only one true. holding you back is you, That's, Sam. Yeah. The only bad thing about the dark half at all is what came out of it that is specific to our show <laughs> that I hate. But this is the movie. That came out from the book. You can't blame that on the movie. I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I think of the dark half, I mean, obviously, the big problem that we had with it is that Alan Pangborn is Michael Rooker and Michael Rooker is not Alan Pangborn. I thought our big problem was just Thad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Timothy Hutton acted his ass off across both of these characters. Yeah. And it, this movie did give us Ask Mama if she believes this. I just remember that moment when yeah. we were watching the movie and Ben and I leaning <laughs> forward. Just, is he going to say it? Is he going to do the thing? Is he doing the thing? And he did it. Uh, for that reason alone, I think it's the superior movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we gave it five out of five blue chambray <laughs> shirts, is they included that. Let's talk about who it's going up against. Going up against Cell. I have more feelings about this. But I, okay, I know we're talking about the movie, but I wish I would have given the book like two blue chambray shirts. <laughs> Whatever I gave it. Five. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> that was wrong. Like. <laughs> Anyway, in the movie was not much better. <laughs> it had some interesting moments, but there it seemed unfinished or like something had happened to it and they it, never addressed that. <laughs> it, all I can think of when I think of the cell 
movie is the first time I watched it, long before the podcast, was so excited because I had heard that this movie had been in production for a while. It sounds on paper like it should be good Mm -hmm. because it's John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson uh, who were in one of our favorite adaptations. Like, they're back together again. This, This should be great. And the day I found out that it had was available to watch, I was so excited and I sat down and just getting through the fir- that first, the credit <laughs> sequence just the and yeah. thinking, there's been a mistake. Yeah. Like, the, we got I, a, like a proof copy. Yeah. Something? Am I watching the wrong movie? Am I watching? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like you got it from a different country and it's not sell. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it was just so surreal and not a good, good adaptation whatsoever. That, airport scene Mm -hmm. though is such great action yeah i would argue there are four incredible things about cell that i think are the reason it deserves to be the 16th seed above those movies that didn't make it so first is the airport scene second is just samuel l jackson period full stop third dj liquid (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea what the, that means. The rapper that they had on the train that was like, that oh, we were God. like, is he going to be a main character? And then he died, then he died as soon as we had that. Very thought. soon. He was on screen long enough for you to, to question register. his presence. Yeah. And then they killed him. And the bar fight scene when they do Alice's death, that whole scene, that scene is played so well. I kind of agree with that. I, I thought you were going to mention the one scene that John Cusack is like really present mm, for. Yeah. He's not phoning it in. But I think that kind of hurts it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see what you could have done. Right, and you yeah. chose not to accept right here. That great scene with Alice right before she died. Yeah, that was that was probably yeah. the best scene for me. As far as adaptation goes, it was not wonderful or very true or accurate. I wow, in my head I'm thinking, yeah, it was a pretty faithful adaptation and it <laughs> sucked as much as the source material. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was one of those books that books to movie translations that we'd talked mm-hmm. about, if I recall, that you get way more out of it having both pieces of m- the material because it fills in some blanks. Yeah. Uh, and it adds things like the the phoner that they had with the bag over his head that was like their sonar or the um John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson driving over bodies in the field, Hmm. passing that decanter of liquor back and forth. The movie has some great moments. I did forget about that scene. (laughs) So funny. Not even a bottle of liquor, right? It was just like a literal, like, crystal chalice of of scotch or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, so good. And and the offhanded, oh, I think I'm stuck on a skull. (laughs) It's just so great. That's definitely a movie that you... Watch. I'd watch both of these movies again for very different reasons, though. <laughs> like, I would watch Cell again with you guys, mm-hmm. and I'd watch The Dark Half with people who'd never seen The Dark Half so I could watch them freak out about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think uh, I think that covers all the bases, right? So uh, let's we're going to vote one at a time uh, in a rotating order to see who advances. So we're going to start with CM. My vote definitely goes to The Dark Half as a superior movie that I don't enjoy despite itself. (laughs) I enjoy it because it's good. 
and it enhances the source material in a positive way. Ben? Yeah, uh, The Dark Half is a movie. Um, <laughs> as, as opposed to the, like, very cheap series of video game cutscenes <laughs> that uh, Cell kind of feels like. It does. It feels like grabs from different Resident Evil games. Yeah, basically. It's, and they cut out <laughs> yeah. all the gameplay of them fighting zombies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna round it out. The dark half, obviously. That that first round matchup, Cell, you didn't have a chance, buddy. So, yeah. the dark half will be advancing to the next round. All right, our next matchup, we have the Running Man versus Dolores Claiborne. So, who would like to start? <sighs> Talking about the running man. This is really hard. Okay, I'm I have way more opinions about this one because I remember <laughs> both of these movies. <laughs> Dolores Claiborne, because we literally watched it like three days ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And The Running Man, because you it's can't one it. of the best movies ever made. <laughs> uh forget Stephen King adaptations, forget movies we've watched for this podcast. One of my favorite movies. These two movies have the exact same Blue Chambray shirt score. I <laughs> I was, you know. That is the only way these two movies can be compared. <laughs> <laughs> because they are both very good for very different reasons. Right? I This is hard because I have to... Okay, am I judging something? Mm-hmm. I guess we have to talk about it for me to. Okay, so The Running Man, first and foremost, despite it not being an adaptation in anything other than name, (laughs) we enjoyed it and gave it high marks, which had nothing to do with its relationship to the story. We we set that aside just because we found the film so much fun. And I think that's fine. But to rate it as an adaptation, it is a terrible (laughs) one. And Dolores Claiborne is obviously a much better movie, but I I would watch The Running Man in a mm-hmm. heartbeat, and I never want to watch Dolores Claiborne again because it, it's so brutal. It really makes us, like, we need to define what we are judging. We have exactly. this conversation every year. We do. <laughs> and we've, I think the result of it is we realize... Or we do define it, but then we break our own rule like yes. within yeah, five seconds. <laughs> so so our is this competition <laughs> us judging which is a better adaptation, like or is it which is a better movie? I just and think it's even what we that, like better. See, what even we enjoy that better. isn't even accurate because <laughs> I would say Dolores Claiborne is a better movie yes. technically, yeah, in pretty much every way. Acting, direction. Uh, cinematography, uh, pretty much all the ways, but it is nowhere near one of my favorite movies of all time. And The Running Man fucking is. So are we going off just our hearts or object? Are we being more objective or subjective? Well, to be fair, neither of these are fully faithful adaptations. I mean, they both change some things. So... That's a stretch, though. That's a real big stretch. <laughs> I was going to carry that on until I saw the look on CM's face change. And before she realized that argument was garbage. No, I mean, technically, the goal of this is to decide our favorite adaptation. That's the, the mission statement of this. So I guess that's where we have to have this conversation. I think 
that uh, while on one hand, yeah, it is valid to discuss which one you'd rather watch if you had the two sitting in front of you. But like you said, Ben, like one is objectively a better designed and made movie. And the other one has Kathy Bates. It, <laughs> no, it's hard to it's hard to not give something credit in a specific way because I don't want to deal with the like what it does to me emotionally again. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the mere fact that it has that impact on me. Wow. Like yeah. how many movies affect you? Like that. That's one of my favorite genre of things in general, I think, are things that I finish, I have to put down and walk away and like things that make me go, I don't need to experience that again. But holy shit, this I'm never going to not think about this. Like it's having watched it, you are now changed in some way. It's like uh, Dolores Claiborne did what we wished apt pupil had done because it's that same thing Apt pupil. Mm. We talked about it. We scored the book very high because it is a visceral and disgusting and emotional. Like it affects mm. you in that way. But then that adaptation was the worst thing that ever happened to any of our eyes. <laughs> Dolores Claiborne managed to keep that steady. Like I was displeased the right way for both (laughs) you know like it's they both gave me the equal um this is gross and i need some time away from it my favorite matchups are where our entire conversation about it i don't know what i'm going like how i'm going to vote (laughs) and this is this is i i hate to say that i always knew and i would never (laughs) going to change my mind so that's on me (laughs) Is, it, is there anything anybody else wants to say about either of these? Because uh, um, we, really ta- we didn't really talk about either of them didn't. specifically. We got dragged into semantics. Here's the case for The Running Man. Remember when that dude, Dynamo, like, <laughs> gets his balls blown off or whatever? Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. He was like a weird opera singer, and then he got exploded. <laughs> that guy's gimmick was just the best or um oh god it was the the host what was his name oh yeah richard dawson richard dawson Mm -hmm. when he when uh arnold puts richard dawson in the thing and shoots him down and we were like he can't see that crash so he was counting mississippis in his head hell yeah to give that final one-liner i feel like what we're really talking about is arnie versus kathy (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) oh that's a hard matchup i the fact that we have never seen a Kathy Bates, Arnold Schwarzenegger-led film is mm. breaking my heart right now. There's still time. I, I'm just thinking if I removed Kathy Bates from that movie, but it had a an acceptable replacement, like somebody who did a good job, but was not Kathy Bates, mm. how how would that stack up again? Which is a pointless thought exercise, but <laughs> All right. it just made me realize, like, in my head, I'm I'm my decision's going to be, ooh... Arnold versus Kathy. You're on the right track. I'm going to propose take these two movies, swap leads. No. <laughs> 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 no. Suddenly, they're both my favorite movie. <laughs> they both advance to the next round. Let's, okay. <laughs> Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to play a beleaguered main mother. I just want to see this 
scene with the uh, the Kramer pot We've, where he, he, could... he kills yeah. Joe. <laughs> Think about him in, uh, I forget what it's called, We Saw Arnold Pregnant. Jude Jr. Yeah, he's been a mother before. I wish that movie was called "We Saw Arnold Pregnant." (laughs) I feel like if this we didn't have a title for this episode, that would (laughs) that would that'd be it. Oh my! We should talk about Dolores Claiborne real quick, though, even though we just talked about it. Yeah, on our episode because that movie is is a it's beautiful. It's surreal. It's engaging. It's heartbreaking. It's a really good movie. It is. I I said it on the episode uh, that I felt like my the problem I couldn't shake was how much better the structure of the book was versus the structure that was used to tell the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just that took a level of enjoyment away from me, um, which is really my only complaint against that movie. All right, let's go <laughs> ahead and uh, let's let's vote. Ben, you're up first. Uh, well, uh, it's running, man. It's <laughs> I want to go home and watch it right now. <laughs> I'm probably going to go home and watch The Running Man after this. I hope you do. I'm going to go The Running Man also. Oh yeah. CM? <laughs> I'm going to go with Dolores Claiborne because as much as I like The Running Man and as fun as it is, I think I have to honor how good a movie and an adaptation Dolores Claiborne is and even though it hurts me it that's a unique thing that not many movies are mm-hmm. able to do and there are plenty of other silly fun movies like The Running Man that I enjoy just as much yeah and I mean in all fairness we do give The Running Man a lot of shit be- that it's nothing like the book I mean it is in <laughs> certain ways like it, it takes the the elements of the this the dystopian future yes it turns it around to a, a silly gimmick and makes it cartoonish Mm -hmm. but it does have at its roots the the details about the story um about the world i guess i should say it's you don't have to defend it you guys won (laughs) it's fine (laughs) up next our third matchup we have pet cemetery versus the tommy knockers (laughs) oh boy at first when i saw this matchup i was like this is easy and now I'm like, oh, what? I, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Josh, you go first. Yeah, explain yourself. <laughs> explain yourself. <laughs> okay, so yes, the Tommyknockers has some problems. I we can all say agree. The Tommyknockers happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was the things that were great about the Tommyknockers. The downside, it was too long. The mm-hmm. chemistry of our leads didn't work. We can all agree on that. Can, can I tell you that whenever I think of the Tommyknockers, the only thing, the image that pops into my head is me watching <laughs> them try to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that is what that movie is for me. Uh-huh. Fair. What I really loved, like revisiting the Tommyknockers, was the, I, I loved all the design seeing all of the Tommy knocker devices brought to life and how they were that mix of how they described them in the book just kind of looked like things random mm-hmm. household things stuck together and now they're a monster machine uh, oh my god shut up okay listeners <laughs> I'm here's a pitch sci-fi channel get at me Tommy knockers the monster of a week of the week show like 
every week is <laughs> the Tommy not there's a different person in this town has yeah. accidentally built a new crazy device <laughs> and the sheriff or whoever has to go around and be like, I gotta get them Tommy knockers out of my town. You uh you just described the show Eureka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. That show. That's what Bring I want. Bring back Eureka. That's what I want the Tommy knockers to be. Sure. <laughs> what I'm saying is I would rather be watching Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> but the things that I remember the things that stood out that we really liked. For instance, the uh, they dropped the all of the nuclear war stuff that was very mm-hmm. heavy-handed, mm-hmm. but we still got things like guard assaulting a man with a, an umbrella at a party and then walking out of and then walking out of all like those things that were just so great in the book this was one of those adaptations that really brought all of the things that i loved into the the movie huh. they had some weird missteps because it's a miniseries yeah and like that, the blow up doll alien like the blow like the the very <laughs> stiff alien but they also had the uh, the shed, like the, mm-hmm. the when they finally showed the designs of some of the stuff they'd kept hidden, which I believe we all agree it would have been great if we would have seen that stuff sooner would have made it a lot more interesting. <laughs> but all that stuff really paid off towards the end. And uh, I don't know. I, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for the Tommy right. Knockers. <laughs> to me, I, I don't know, listening to you reminding me of things about the Tommy Knockers <laughs> did kind of be like, oh, yeah. Jimmy Smith was in that. Yeah, he was. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it feels unfair. It feels unfair to compare. Really, it almost feels unfair to any of the miniseries. I don't know, though, because the no? thing that these two have in common, Pet Cemetery and Tommyknockers, is they both deal with a very emotional topic. One is grief and the other is addiction. Mm-hmm. And I, this is more about the book probably, but I just remember whatever the problems with the book, the realism with which Guard's character was portrayed as an alcoholic and where when it hit me at a time in my life was really interesting. And I think that kind of carries over into the movie too, just that I don't feel like it was as highlighted. I don't know, did when we talked about it, when you're re-listening, Josh, did it seem like they had that element in there really? It was uh, less prevalent. It more focused on what we actually had said we wished the book had been more of, which is uh, guard making him seeing the town change mm-hmm. and seeing it from his perspective. All these people slowly becoming, and then in the the twist that we especially liked was guard deciding to fake becoming in order mm-hmm. to infiltrate which were things that when we were reading the book, we were like, God, this would have been so much better if this happened. And then it happened in the miniseries. I think my one of my problems, and I'm sure this is always an issue with our March Madness stuff, but it's going to be hard for me, even though this is about the book, the movies, to separate the my feelings about the book from that because it's kind of tied together in many ways. Even if I hate an adaptation, if I like the book, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little more forgiving, probably. That's really fair, because, like, it is going to be hard to to do, and I don't know, our future matchups, so if this is a spoiler, theoretically, misery, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be hard to, to put that up against, you know, a movie that was equally good, mm-hmm. but isn't misery, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that we 
cover them when we cover the book. So those feelings Mm -hmm. are tied. If we had uh, read these books and then months later watched the movies, it'd probably be a lot easier to separate those feelings Mm -hmm. because the details wouldn't be so fresh in our heads. Pet Cemetery movie, man. It's just, it's one of my favorite adaptations too. Like even, yeah, I can't separate it from the book and I loved the book more than Tommyknockers. Although I did really like Tommyknockers. There's so many, and we're talking about, because we did cover the remake, but I assume mm-hmm. we're talking about the original yes. Pet Cemetery. The, the Denise sure. Crosby vehicle. Yes. Pet Cemetery. Yeah, they were very faithful. They Even if they had done other things to it, they nailed the grief part of it mm. so well. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I, I guess what I meant when I said, like, this matchup feels unfair is that, like, regardless of how good or not the Tommyknockers miniseries is, I'll agree. I have uh, fun, nostalgic feelings. <laughs> I would watch it again with you guys. But regardless, going up against, like, Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery is, like, a legit horror classic. Mm-hmm. Like, th- divorced from Stephen King, like, you know, we're all here because we're all Stephen mm-hmm. King stands or whatever. But like even divorced of that connection, it is still just an absolute masterpiece of a movie. And comparing that to a made for TV miniseries, regardless of how good it is, is mm. going to feel a little a little lopsided to me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because there are things that I my problems with Pet Cemetery are all so nitpicky especially when you compare them to the laundry list of problems in <laughs> Tommy Knockers. Mostly, it, one is more boring than the other, and one has a song written by the Ramones. I think, too, the way we watch miniseries now that were made before binge-watching mm. is unfair to them. Mm. And I don't, I mean, I want to acknowledge that, although I can't change the way it makes me feel about it, because it's hard to watch things that were meant to be watched week to week rather than all at once. And there's weird breaks in them. Like that was really noticeable with the it miniseries. Yeah. Like what just happened? Oh yeah. That was probably (laughs) a commercial. commercial. Yeah. So I, I think Tommy knockers suffers that unfairly too. Or like with the point in Tommy knockers where it, the, intro happens again uh, yes yeah. they're like what? and we're like wait hold we on what's so happening it was very mm. yeah very disruptive i feel like we've i don't know i'm i'm ready to read them yeah all right um so i'm gonna go first and um heck, it's a no-brainer guys like there's a coke machine oh my <laughs> and, god <laughs> uh no uh, pet <laughs> cemetery uh hands down easy i'm also gonna vote for pet cemetery same uh it, it's just it's a classic yeah. What more is there to say? It's fucking <laughs> Pet Cemetery. So Pet Cemetery will advance to the next round. All right, we're going to get to the final matchup of this episode. Have you both already forgotten what it is? Absolutely. I said it well, other than Christine, <laughs> which you just I said. I just said. Uh, we have Christine versus Stand By Me. Arguably, I think, the toughest matchup in this side of the bracket. Nah. Re- All right. See, I'm kicking I- off. Yeah, go interesting for it. because <laughs> I think I'm closer to th- this being a very close matchup mm-hmm. and you saying that they're not close I can't I don't even know which way you're going <laughs> I'll tell you because this is with 
the movie, it's the same issue I had with the book for total bias, like for me personally, mm-hmm. and why I think you guys like it so much. It's hard for me to relate to these young male characters, their behavior and experiences. Are- okay, I literally still don't know which book you're talking about. <laughs> Stand by me. <laughs> it's the, the, What about uh, Christine? It's about two young yeah. male characters and they're- Two young men who love each other and a car gets in the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's different because there are elements mm. within Christine that I can relate to and Stand By Me is just so much for bros. <laughs> I and I and I know it's good and I think that if I was a dude it would it would mean more to me but as a girl I'm just kind of like yeah guys are gross yeah. <laughs> this is fun <Yeah>. okay <laughs> that that's so Why weird funny so I, guys are- Christine is so much more broy than stand by me a hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree, Ben. Maybe it's I'm just not a car guy, and I just associate car. You're not shit a car with, boy. We've established I, yeah, that. Yeah, as we all know on this podcast, <laughs> I'm not a car boy, and like I just associate that with with more like I, the carpenter of it all does give Christine an unfair advantage for me because he's one of my favorite directors. Absolutely, and just thinking about the movies, like. What made me think that they're so close? Because I thought I knew which way I was leaning. But when you were like, no, this is really not one. This is one sided. I was immediately like, it is. (laughs) I I don't know which side I'm leaning towards. Also, Stand By Me is it. It's such a different style of movie than Christine. Christine's Mm. a horror movie. And the book is, you know, a scary book. And Stand By Me is part of this series, like, you know, different seasons. King was basically saying, yeah, I can write non-horror too, guys. Here you go. And he's right. Yeah, he absolutely. He can and he did. But I, I'm more, ooh, you just, I love horror. It's always going to have a leg up. I, I'm really, I'm trying to process my feelings in this in this sure. moment right here can now. i just talk about how cool christine is then? yes please yeah. okay and then you can talk about uh, yeah I, i'll try and <laughs> i'll try and build an argument for stand by me in my head okay oh that's unfair i have to go first oh you go <laughs> you go, go, go. oh no no i mean i have to go first and now you get to rebut everything <laughs> no anyway yeah christine i remember enjoying the hell out of that movie i know they're gonna remake it which I think will be fun. You know, maybe it's time, but I love the original so much. And Keith Gordon as Arnie Cunningham, dude kills it. He he makes the Arnie character something more than he was on paper, too, which is really cool. There were some things that I wish they would have included from the book that I thought would have been really neat and added to that horror element. I loved John Carpenter's score when we didn't have like the, you know, there's a lot of music in there because it's a classic car and that plays into it. But his score, those John Carpenter moments and those shots that you're like, yep, that I'm watching a Carpenter film. (laughs) Just so much fun. I know I was supposed to be building an argument, <laughs> but the more you talk, the more I was like, fuck yeah, Christine's actually a really good it's movie. It's a great movie. Well, uh, not to use your own words against you, Ben, but in that episode, you said this has become your example of a movie that's better than the book. Yeah. Which is a strong case for it. But I really think that Stand By Me has a lot more to offer Go because on. it is. <laughs> Stand by me. I mean, it's kind of unfair to lump it in with uh, with Shawshank since they both come from mm-hmm. that same book. But it's in that same vein. It's it's Stephen King telling stories that feel true. Mm-hmm. And while it's, I'm gonna 
sound stupid for a second <laughs> because so much of horror gets lumped in with like, that's just a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And when people look at things as just a horror movie, they're not looking at those the subtext, which I think, Christine, the the film adaptation is awesome, but I think it loses a lot of the subtext. Yeah, because of the choice they made with what Christine is all about. Right. I would agree with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And Stand By Me is one of those movies that shaped a generation. We've had so many people that we've talked to on the mm-hmm. show. We say, what was your first Stephen King experience? And it was Stand By Me. I saw Stand By Me in theaters, didn't know it was Stephen King, mm-hmm. went home and made my parents go buy it and been reading Stephen King ever since. It is like shaped (laughs) a generation of Stephen King filmmakers that we've talked to. It might be a more important movie. I know Christine is going to lose and I'm only pissed because Running Man, really? (laughs) You picked something fucking fun over an important, really good movie. And now we're going to do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. This is why our brackets are crazy. The problem is that both of these (laughs) movies are fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dolores Claiborne. This Stand By Me is not fun, I don't feel like. Really? Yeah. I and, think and there that's are not chunks bad, of fun. That's not a bad thing, but it's just, it's. I have more fun watching Christine. I Yeah, I think the comparison between Stand By Me and Dolores Claiborne is pretty apt, even mm. though Dolores Claiborne is way more tense and heavy it's just the era that they were made the, mm-hmm. they're, they're both very 90s and they both have that feel to it mm-hmm. i don't know can we vote or do you have any other i mean do you want to share I, what you think i about? i'm i'm just gonna have to fucking bulldoze my way through this <laughs> one this is i think this is gonna be one of those i, I don't know what i say until i open my <laughs> mouth <laughs> right. so uh, i've got one more thing to, yeah. to put out there since we're talking about the dolores claiborne stand by me comparison which you're right it is that it is an appropriate oh no i mean this is half of why it's fun (laughs) but what i mean is that uh the both of these stories are as i believe we've discussed that are plot light Mm. because if you if you were to say sum up either of these stories it would take you three sentences max Mm -hmm. pretty much if you wanted to get just what this plot is the the way that Stand By Me benefits is we have these four very different characters. So uh, where Dolores Claiborne, you're really just getting this one, this one hard line. You're seeing not only these four different people, but it also has the, um, oh God, Gordy is the writer. Like they, they mm-hmm. do the cutaway to the, uh, vomiting kid mm. story uh thank god they don't do fast cars but they there are the way that that movie is structured is to give you scenes where stuff happens i okay uh, i wish i had a better way to say this because i feel like it's going to feel like i'm pulling a card <laughs> okay <laughs> and i might I, i'm trying not to but i might be accidentally so i'm willing to admit that if you guys feel like that's the case I feel like, sorry, I'm making this about Stand By Me and Dolores Claiborne and not our actual match. (laughs) Okay. I feel like you guys relate to Stand By Me because it's boys. I relate more to Dolores Claiborne because it's a a female-centric, you know, it's it's about relationships between women. And there's only one of me and there's two of you. (laughs) And I, so I guess I'm trying to say in a nice way, I think you guys are biased. (laughs) 
But maybe I'm wrong. And maybe I'm biased um, too, because I mean, I, I, I just admit well, uh, I can't relate to Stand sure. by Me. I can relate to I, Dolores Claiborne. I haven't compared those two. Well, I mean, they're they're. I just compared the movies because they're you know similar. In I guess I'm thinking make. of the comparison in terms of uh, how we ranked, you know, how the matchup went between Dolores and Running Man, and how this one's going to go. Uh, well, you don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> that's why I oh, wanted to vote. <laughs> All right, CM, you're up first. I almost just said Dolores <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go with Christine. Ben? Oh, you're gonna go throw to me? Yeah, because Oh, you're gonna be Oh, Christine. Yeah, I it's Christine. Honestly, it's a hands down. No, it's you were like You guys made me do all that arguing. No, I I was like trying to figure out what I was arguing for because I'm like, I don't I don't think I like uh, Stand By Me as much as Christine. Oh, yeah, no. Christine's more fun. Yeah, Christine's, like, Christine's amazing. a cool movie. I'm sorry. I just hate when I get really sweaty for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to stand and deliver for Christine. <laughs> uh, I got confused when Dolores Claiborne got brought into it. No, uh, I think, uh, I uh, honestly, I think, CM, you knocked it out in, in that first pitch. Like, there's just... <laughs> There's so much that's great about Christine yeah. and the uh, it's so horny. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. We forgot like, how horny yeah, the yeah, adaptation is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been keeping my horny calculator okay. going. That's at least one chambray shirt. Horniness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's the um, as much as the being born bad thing. Uh, I didn't like that as much. Mm-hmm. In service of the adaptation, uh, yeah, it's it is one of those movies that while I think that I enjoyed Christine, Christine became like my favorite adaptation for a time there. Whereas I found Stand by Me and The Body to be just kind of boring. Well, it's yeah, it's I don't think Stand by Me is boring per se. It's just like it's it's good. It's mm. good. It's it's much like Shawshank. It's a good movie. I recognize that. I will watch it on a lazy Sunday or whatever. But if you're going to be like, should I put on Stand By Me or Christine? I want to see cool monster <laughs> car practical <laughs> effects. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Christine advances. Now, uh, that that's the end of round one. So before we leave this episode, we are going to recap what uh, where the next matchups are going to be when we get to the final round in this bracket so we will have the dark half versus the running man and pet cemetery versus christine oh (laughs) oh sorry i'm i'm just enjoying (laughs) thinking about this (laughs) that is it for this episode of dairy public radio join us for our next march madness uh bracket break bracket 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 <laughs> down. It. We're gonna bracket down to the top movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why they hit me. Bra- bracket down to the top. We're gonna bracket down to the top movies. <laughs> That's my new favorite sentence. That just hit me so hard. <laughs> CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to our March Madness Part 1 bonus episode. We hope you enjoyed it. 
We would love to know how your matchups are going. You can send us an email at Dairy Public Radio, or you can find us on social media at Dairy Public. Let us know if we got it wrong, super wrong, or just only kind of wrong. As always, check out our Etsy store. We have a very special Dairy Public Radio March Madness design on there. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.